Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships, especially in midlife. And today, I'm going to be speaking with marriage, family, and sex therapist, Conjit Farrell, about how to consciously choose the right guy for you. In my 10 years as a life and dating coach, what I know for sure is that everybody deserves to have love. Um, and I was just speaking to a former client today who's just rehired me, and she was talking about how we can consciously know that we need to change certain behaviors that aren't working for us, especially if we grew up in a, a home where our needs weren't met, um, where we have become codependent in some way. And we know what we need to do. We know we need to take care of our own needs, for example, before always other people and yet we tend to still keep doing the same thing over and over again and so what I want you to know is that it's really not something that we are at fault for this is something that is part of our programming it's part of our family blueprint that was downloaded to us and unless you do the work to really unravel and change the programming you can keep being stuck in that loop for a very long time. And um, I love doing this this work for that reason. I love seeing people transform into the person they were meant to be their whole lives once you get rid of all that other crap that got in the way. And um, and I'm sure that Conjit does similar work, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. Um, but what I what I love is helping women value themselves. And so... I help women become the woman of value who attracts in her epic love partner, and I help them show up, speak up, and stand up. And every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is step number 14, which is declutter your life. We all have clutter, and whether it's actual clutter like in your closet or in your kitchen drawers with too many pots and pans and things that we don't need, or it's mental clutter, like maybe having some friends who should not be in your friend group, like people who are really pulling you down. This is important. It's important to really do a spring cleaning. So um, I'm going to leave you with a challenge today about decluttering one area of your life. Like where would you start and what's one thing you can do today to get rid of some of that clutter, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical. And if you're not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. The conversation there is always positive. There is no man bashing allowed. This is a group for single women over 40. We do have some members who are in relationships, a few are engaged, um, and some are married. But it's it's a place of support. And some of them have said, wow, I thought I would want to leave the group after I got engaged. But I realize that this is still a place where I come to for positive feedback, to be witnessed, to be supported. 
So it's it's a highly monitored group. It's not a place where you go and the conversation goes off the rails. Um, we close comments whenever anything like that happens. I have taken members out. So please join us. It's called Your Last First Date. And now for my special guest. Kanja Farrell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also a sex therapist and the founder of the Inspired Journey Counseling Center in L.A. I love that name, Inspired Journey. And she specializes <laughs> in helping women get the lasting love they deserve. So join me now for episode number 303, How to Consciously Choose the Right Man for Your Relationship Goals. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sandy. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Oh, happy to have you. Um, and... So we're talking about conscious choice, and um, this is such an important word, conscious, because so much is in our unconscious, like I just talked about that client who said, you know, why why do we keep repeating these patterns and that we have a lot of unconscious patterns? And so if you can start by telling us and really defining the difference between conscious and unconscious choices in partners. You know, um, yes. So I like to tell a little, give a little analogy about this, and I think it really speaks to um, the importance of conscious choosing and why it matters. Um, but before that, I'll just talk to you a little bit about what conscious choosing is. It's just, it just means being very intentional, very intentional about the quality of relationship that you'd like to attract and the partner that you'd like to attract. Um, most women do what I call haphazard dating, right? They just kind of like go out and just they're going somewhere and uh, they're just hoping that something happens with someone maybe. And then <laughs> they get frustrated when they're not getting the results that they want. But, you know, the analogy I'd like to give is this. You know, if, if you're trying to go to Harvard, right, what do you need to do? You have to sit down. You have to think about what do you need to get into the school. You have to prepare for it. You have to take steps. You have to be very focused, right? And then if you meet the requirements, then you'll get in and you'll be prepared to stay once you do get in. If you say you want to go to like an NYU, same thing. If you want to go to a state school, same thing. You want to go to a community college, same thing. However, you can't get into Harvard if you're making junior college preparations. Uh -huh. So oftentimes that's what's happening. Women are saying, oh, well, either I don't know what I want or, you know, I want Harvard, but not, not making the connection between, oh, wait a minute, if I want that Harvard quality relationship and partner, I need to build the skills. I need to, like you said, become, what do I need to do to become a high um, – what did you call it? I thought it was a great term, high-value uh, woman. A, a woman of value. A woman of value, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's kind of, if you're wanting a, high, a man of value, uh, that's what they tend to look for. So back to the conscious choosing thing, it, it's just sitting down and becoming very, you know, honest with yourself and uh, intentional about the kind of relationship, the quality of relationship you'd like and the kind of partner that you like, and then taking steps to manifest. Mm -hmm. So before we get into, and I, I so agree with you, but before we get into like how to actually do this, 
I want to ask you about your own personal journey and whether you started out as an unconscious chooser and like what brought you to do this work? Oh, I was absolutely an unconscious chooser. You know, unfortunately, I came from a broken home, a divorced family. And so I realized that um, I never had the skill set to uh, attract and maintain a healthy relationship. You know, God bless my mom. She didn't have that. And so what I learned how to do was, uh, from her example, was to be a single woman uh, with a lot of haphazard dating that wasn't successful. That was the model I had. And so at a certain point, I said, okay, wait a minute. You know, I may not be perfect, but I think I'm, you know, nice enough looking. I feel like I'm smart and a good person. So what am I missing? What, what don't I understand? Why can't I get a healthy relationship? Um, and so I really went on a journey of um, – psychological literacy, relationship literacy, increasing my understanding about men in this area of dating and courtship. Um, and I got very intentional about it. And I'm, I'm happily married. I've been happily married for seven years and with my husband for 10. And, uh, you know, I, we, <laughs> I would say we're quality people. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, but I'm certainly someone who had to walk this journey myself. Mm. And so I, I know the value of sitting back and going, hmm, okay, what is it exactly that I want? What skills do I need to acquire to get this? And how do I do this? And then doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And I can totally relate coming from a family of divorce and being modeled very unhealthy uh, ways of being and communicating and um, emasculation. I mean, there was just a lot of negativity around relationships. And so that's Mm -hmm. why we need to look at our family blueprint and say, okay, what have I downloaded here? And look at these patterns that I've created. I mean, I ended up getting married for 23 years to the wrong partner, and it was hard for me to Mm. walk away. And so Mm. I did, you know, I I jumped into the wrong relationship thinking this is as good as it gets and not leaving because I didn't know what was possible. So I Mm. think, you know, when we have this knowledge, it's incredibly empowering and it gives us hope and confidence that we can find the right person for us and go on our last first date, as my company says. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. so I'm really happy for you, and, and you just shared that you are pregnant and expecting your first child, and that's so exciting. So bringing a child into a happy home is changing your legacy and bringing this child into a future that's very positive, which is also very good motivation for wanting to get into a good relationship. That meant so much to me, and I'm so glad you said that. That was actually one of my driving forces, not wanting to continue a legacy of dysfunction and confusion and to really um, consciously, again, set myself up for a relationship that's loving, caring, supportive. And you know what? Honestly, Sandy, it's some of the best work that I've ever done in, for myself in my life. You know, it's like next to your career, your partner, or maybe, maybe even at the same level or even more importantly, depending on your lifestyle, your partner 
can make your life heaven or hell on earth or -hmm. somewhere in the middle, right? And, And just taking that extra time to be, again, intentional, and uh, I love what you said, too, uh, and I think it goes around this idea of becoming more literate about men, like learning why you don't want to emasculate a man and mm-hmm. why man bashing isn't, you know, necessary, right? I think a lot of that happens because women don't understand men, but if you did, you wouldn't. Yes, exactly, and understand themselves. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's always important to look within um, and man bashing, I mean, one of the re- main reasons that I put a kibosh on the man bashing but have very strict guidelines in my group is because it just breeds negativity. And it's like somebody starts and then it becomes almost like a witch hunt, you know. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. that man, oh, he's terrible. Oh, my God, he should, oh, he's a jerk. He's an idiot. He's a narcissist. He's, and it's like, wait, what? what are you projecting onto this poor man? that you don't even mm-hmm. know. And and then it just I'm quitting. I'm not dating anymore. I can't take it, you know. And and it, and they're missing out on these amazing opportunities to have love in their lives because they don't really understand what they're doing wrong. So it's this haphazard and I, I love the analogy of Harvard and junior college. Um, I used to talk about going into Dunkin' Donuts and asking for a donut. You know, you you, you need to be specific about what you want. And most people just go in and go, I want a man. I want a woman. You know, and it's you have to know and you have to be able to recognize it when it shows up. So let's Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Um, What are some of the key components to consciously choosing a partner? Well, I think um, it it goes hand-in-hand with the quality of relationship that you're looking for. So I would actually say starting with quality of relationship will help inform you about picking the right partner. For example, if you want a healthy, harmonious, quality, uh, long-term relationship leading to marriage with a quality man, that's one type of relationship. If you're looking for a hot, fun, sexy, exciting one-night stand, that's a different quality of relationship. And what you might look for in a partner oftentimes will be different based on your relationship goals, right? So I like to say start with the relationship goal and then work back to figure out what might be the best partner for that and how can I best attract it. Again, if you're looking for a hot one-night stand, I'm saying cleavage and, you know, sexy clothes, you know, leading with sex because you're wanting sex. That's, you want that to be the core of the relationship and the focal point. But if you're really looking for a lasting long-term love where you're trying to get a man involved from his head, from his heart, from his spirit, and from his penis, no need to overwhelm him uh, with sex in your presentation, you know, might be a better idea to look nice and a little hint to sexy, but not over the top. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you can just, that's why, again, it's like so important to be thinking about what kind of relationship you want, because that will inform the kind of partner that you, you know, you'd want to target. And that would inform how you present yourself to the potential partner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I say that. Um, and then 
especially for picking the partner. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we know this as therapists. Like when you meet someone for the first time, you can do kind of like a light assessment of a person. But when we create treatment plans based on the first assessment, you know, it's never set in stone because we know that by the third visit, we're going to know a lot more about the person. By the fifth visit, we'll know a lot more about the person, et cetera. So we kind of know as therapists, takes a little bit of time to really be dialed into who a person is. So, again, if you're looking for lasting love, um, something that can be helpful with picking those kind of partners is really giving it a little more time, pacing, going a little bit slower to see, hmm, is the way that they presented on the first date going to be, you know, how they are on the second, third, and fifth date? Are there big changes, right? Go slow is another Uh big one, I think, for women. Yes, for sure. Yep, good. Uh, Well, let me ask you about that for a minute because this is something I see a lot of women struggle with. Um, Many men are in a bigger hurry, and they will try to escalate the relationship, especially sexually, pretty quickly because a lot of men, especially as they get older, they want to know that they're not going to waste time with somebody who's not a good fit sexually. And I hear this so often. And I agree with you, slow it down, but how can a woman deal with a man's pace being faster than hers? Do you have any any little tips for that? I do, actually, and this goes back again to your excellent point about being a woman of value. I think that um, it's so important for you to be centered in who you are and where you stand on these things. And if it's important to you as a woman to evaluate the character of a man to take your time and to do it a certain kind of way and a man is like, well, no, I need you to hurry up. Then I think it's so important to, from a place of love and kindness, say, you know what, Joel, I really hear you uh, and I understand why, you know, you might want to be sexual early, but it's very important to me that I wait. And if that doesn't work for you, I totally understand and I wish you all the best. Because the thing is, when it's the right man and you kindly say, just just kindly assert your position, uh, give respect to where he's coming from, he'll hear you. And he'll say, you know what, Megan? Okay, you need a little more time. I get that, right? I get that. No problem, right? But if a guy doesn't have, doesn't want to wait for you to feel comfortable, then blessings to him, right? So it's, again, being a woman of value and believing in abundance and knowing that when it's the right fit, a man will say, okay, no problem. Sure. (laughs) Um, I love that. So I I, I like the way that you worded that a lot, and I teach boundaries and communication skills. And what you did, just so our audience really understands this, just to kind of take it apart, is to acknowledge the man. He has a right to want what he wants. Then Mm -hmm. state what your standards are. State your boundary in a kind, loving way. And you said that, you know, be kind, be warm. Mm -hmm. And then if he doesn't want to do it, that's fine. Let him go. So those three components are really important. And and the abundance thing, like 
if you believe in your worth, then you will also believe that the right man is going to be there. He's going to be out there somewhere. And that you should not mm-hmm. settle for somebody or twist yourself into a pretzel to accommodate someone and give up your core needs and your values to accommodate somebody else. That's absolutely right. I mean, it's just, it, it, that, it is absolutely right. And, um, you know, I think that is like you're saying, it's kind of a scary leap for a woman to, uh, to do that if she doesn't have a history of, again, understanding men or healthy relationships or she's struggling with her worth. But, you know, believe the many women who have walked this path to and have taken the leap of faith and got to the other side and said, aha, oh, okay, it's okay to have boundaries. And, you know, when it's the right guy, he'll be like, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Take that little leap of faith to put the boundary and uh, you'll be happy that you did. <laughs> yeah. And not a harsh wall, not, not put a wall up. And that's right. really where a lot of people go wrong is they're like, how dare you push for mm. sex this early on? Who do you think I am? Now that's a whole different conversation and that would put off mm-hmm. pretty much anybody. So if you're coming from a place of confidence and this is who I am and here's what I need, if you can do that, great. If you can't, I wish you well. Bye-bye. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yes. So, okay, so we've got decide on the goals and the quality of your relationship. Take your time to get to know a person and really see who they become over time. And, and you know, and I always tell women that, Trust takes time to build. You don't have instant relationship. That is not something to be trusted. So somebody Mm -hmm. who's love bombing you and giving you a million compliments and saying how beautiful you are, even before you meet, you're the love of my Mm. life. Oh, my God, I've waited my whole life for a woman like you. Run Mm. in the other direction. (laughs) Oh, agree. Oh, please. Yeah. Because what are they basing this on? They don't even know you. They're basing it on a, a projection or a fantasy. A little mm-hmm. scary. Or, <laughs> yes, or a manipulation, which is also scary. Mm-hmm. Just trying to also see scary. how far they can get by getting into your good graces. So dignity. Okay, step number three. What, what's your next step? Um, I, just, I just want to add a quick little thing to what you said. The reason okay. why, Sandy, what you said is, is so important, again, about going slow and you brought up kind of the idea of the predatory man, right? Mm-hmm. Saying all these things, preying on women that may have low self-esteem. You know, as a therapist, I see the back end. I see what happens when women are not conscious and intentional and fall for that. Like you were saying, Sandy, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so amazing. But then it's really a manipulation and they don't take the time to kind of just pause and see what things are about. Unfortunately, I see domestic violence. I, I've seen men who've come into women's lives and take their money. I've seen all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that could just be solved with a, the little bit of kind of what, what Sandy and I have been saying, just taking that time to say, hmm, let's go a little slower. It's not just about love. It's so about, like, safety, too, you know, Mm-hmm. Grandma said, a woman can break your heart, but a man can break your neck. Mm. And so wow. that safety part, right, isn't that, 
that's deep, and I and I, I like it because there's a safety element here too to be aware of. Mhm. Wow. But a man can break your neck. <laughs> okay. He can yeah. also break your heart. <laughs> yeah, if he could break your heart. Of course, he could break your heart, and I guess nowadays a woman could break a guy's neck. But you know, the, yeah, right. the point point being, point being, there's a size differential there. And there's some safety things to be aware of, too, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not just fun and good feelings. It's like, are you a safe person? <laughs> right, right. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, protect your heart. And so it's this balance between protecting your heart from getting stepped on by a predator and opening your heart so that you can also connect more deeply and intimately, which is also really hard for most people, is to trust and be open. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for people who have a lot of fear and are afraid of getting hurt again? You know, I think uh, that the the kind of the cure for this, like to be able to do the kind of the two things you need to do, like you just said, Sandy, which is being open and vulnerable when appropriate and having – the ability to say no, no, thank you when appropriate is boundaries. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. really mastering this idea about boundaries and understanding that the world is not all good and it's not all bad. It's somewhere in the middle, right? Uh-huh. And so if if your orientation is everyone is great, that's not so good. And if it's uh-huh. everyone is terrible, that's not so good. It's that golden mean, that middle ground that says, you know, I'm not going to prejudge you as a predator. I will keep my mind and my heart open and let's see. And if I see that if this isn't, this isn't good, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to enforce my boundaries. And if it is good, I'm not going to put things on you that don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. But that comes from boundaries. Boundaries, yep. boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I see. So agree. <laughs> that was a game changer for me, just learning boundaries, because most of us who grow up in homes that are not mm, secure attachment homes, um, where we have we have dysfunction to some degree, boundaries are usually violated, and we don't really understand boundaries or how to enforce them or what they even are. And I didn't know what they that, were. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I mean, I knew that it didn't feel good, but I didn't know how to enforce a boundary. And I knew I also was gravitating towards families that had very clear boundaries. Like it was this this instinct that I would hang out with friends who had very normal home environments where boundaries were respected. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's um, let's get to the third key components so we don't run out of time because I want to be able to give this to our audience to conscious choosing. Okay, so so we know the first one is to get clear about the relationship, quality of relationship that we're looking for. The second part is to get clear about the type of partner that we're looking for. And the third part I touched on earlier, but it's like, how do you become the type of woman uh, intentionally that can attract the kind of partner that will give the quality of relationship that one is looking for? And this is accomplished by, first of all, a little bit of humility, saying, you know what, I am not quite where I want to be, and that's okay. 
Uh, and the second part of that is realizing that, you know, this is not therapy of 1974. I mean, there's so much research and so many resources that are here today that can actually really help you get what you want in relationships. So sitting back and saying, again, in humility, okay, you know, I may not be where I want to be, um, but I realize that today's a different day. There's so many resources to help me. Let me step out and get resources. Let me meet with a therapist and let me talk about this. Let me work on my psychological, you know, literacy. Let me work on my relationship literacy. Really taking, taking this into your hand, taking it into your own hands, right? Becoming intentional about your choice. Becoming intentional about the steps that you take to manifest. Because we know if you want a good career, it doesn't just fall in your lap. You go to school for it. You build it. You nurture it. You nourish it. Same thing with relationships. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Very, very true and wise words. I think a lot of people are afraid to do that kind of work. They're afraid to look within. And I, I just want to stress to the audience that this is not saying that you're broken or there's something wrong with you. It's just that there are some things you don't yet know about yourself or how you're coming across. And, in fact, I I have a new client and I videotape my sessions as well as record them audio files and at first I always ask them if they want both files to look at and she said oh no I don't want to see myself on video and I said you know you might want to do Mm. it just for your own sake like to get used to that vulnerability of seeing yourself and she she said to me it was really eye-opening for her because there were times when she saw herself and she thought she was coming across in a certain way, and she was actually looking mean or like a little bitchy when she was just being passionate. And mm. so if if you know that and you see that, you can really make those little modifications to the outside world so that you'll get better results. That's right. You know, it does, if you're um, – it's not – it doesn't – speak ill of your character to say that you are a novice at something or to say that you don't have literacy in some area. It's not anything that says speak ill of you as a person. It's actually quite powerful for you to say, you know what, Um, you know, I want this. I want this and I want to do whatever I need to do to get this. doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. you're bad Right? It just means that it's time to acquire some new skills. That's all. Yep. That's that's and that's it. self-compassion and self-love, actually. Yep. It's, it's a gift you give yourself and you give others. So it's, it's actually courageous to do this work. And I applaud anybody who does a deep dive mm-hmm. into finding yeah. out where they can improve. And to me, it's a lifelong process, and we really would all benefit if we keep searching for our own truths and finding what's really resonant because that's how we have our best life. Um, so, right. yeah. So tell tell our audience where they can contact you, Conjit. Yes, you can reach me uh, on all platforms. Uh, it's just my name. Uh, my website is com, and that's K-O-N like Nancy, G like girl, I-T like Tom, and Feral is F like Frank, A-R-R-E-L-L, 
That's my website. That's my Instagram. That's my Facebook. That's my Twitter. <laughs> you can find me any any of those places. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Conjent, and sharing your wisdom with our audience. Thank you so much, Sandy. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And um, if you are enjoying this show, please rate and subscribe. Um, rate and review and subscribe to the show. It really helps us with our with our ratings. Um, so go to iTunes or anywhere that you listen to this show and give us a good rating. And I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.